drive-by cinema. Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun. Welcome to episode 21 of Drive-By Cinema. With me here today, it's Paul, my co-host. Hey, hello everybody. Hi Richard. Hi Alistair. And returning is Alistair. Hello, hello everybody. Hello Rick. Hello Paul. So, last week... We published our Clips and Outtakes episode. We did. Exciting tales of Paul fighting in a laundrette. <laughs> Bloopercast. <laughs> Paul, you were saying that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft wasn't a massive racist? Well, um, he, he, I think he was a massive racist for a small part of his career. But by the end... You're supporting him that, are you? By the end, he had joined the Progressive Party, I think, which was a, a splinter from the Democratic Party. and was, uh, was a thoroughly socialist party. And had disavowed all his previous ugly, ugly comments about about black people and Jews. I think, although in, in the things I read about him, it did say that perhaps his comments weren't that different from, say, other famous other famous writers at the time. So it wasn't as if uh, his comments were particularly set apart from what was accepted uh, accepted thought at the time. You see, so. I'm not sure if it's fair to say he was significantly more racist than other people of his milieu. It's a defence. It's not a strong one. I'm not attempting to defend him. No. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, perhaps perhaps he wasn't a racist all his life. People can change. People can change. There's there's a chance for redemption. Just not on a yes. spaceship oh, well. where people are trying to impregnate you. Hey? High life. So, Another movie we watched. High life. Oh, High Life, right. They, they oh, came as criminals. Say, Paul, you, they left as criminals. You may have watched the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> there were criminals in the middle, too. That's a signal to cue the music. <laughs> or something. Ari Aster, Midsummer. Midsummer. Midsummer, or however you say it. Midsummer. Uh, it strikes me this is an important movie. Yes. Paul, you thought it was a comedy, not a horror. <laughs> Hilarious, yeah. I mean, the Scandinavians also think it's a black comedy. A black comedy. But I didn't think it was a black yeah. comedy. I just thought it was funny. But, you know, I mean, if the depiction of Scandinavians is correct in this movie, then it's not a surprise that they thought it was a black comedy because essentially they just laugh at people dying throughout the movie. But yeah, I, I thought it was quite funny. I, I couldn't stop laughing all the way through. Whereas I'm not sure that was supposed to be how I received the movie. Yeah, I suspect if the soundtrack was different and it, if he if he gave it slightly less ominous sort of you know sub bass tones yeah. and uh, infrasound and and you you gave it a slightly jolly soundtrack. If you, if you put yakety sax underneath it, <laughs> yeah, it would be funny. Yeah. It'd be a bit like it'd be a bit like carry on camping, wouldn't it? It'd... <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. look, horror is often very close to comedy. It's horror is often kind of like high camp um stuff going on. I, I mean way back in the early days of horror. Yeah. Dracula and Frankenstein and stuff with all the Hammer House movies, which presumably were terrifying to the audience, but now are such, like, you know, abused tropes that they're just, you know, they're naturally funny, aren't they? They're just, they're comedy material now. I mean, my thought was, I mean, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, my my thought that I wrote down was, you know, uh, 
One, I had a queasy and lingering, unshaking, unshakable and nagging concern that everybody involved in this movie is poorly, you know, and needs help. Uh, but beside that, I thought ultimately this, this came across to me as a curious mix of the mystery horror of the Wicker Man, minus the mystery, and the moral vengeance of Charlie and the Cho- Chocolate Factory, minus the morals. You know, minus the chocolate, minus the chocolate too. A lot more magic mushrooms. And so I, I just <laughs> thought it was when American Psycho, the novel, came out in the eighties, and people said, "Oh, this is the this is you know this is the template for a new kind of writing for a, a, a generation divorced from reality and stuck on MTV." You know, and that, that, it was that idea that this is just a different. You know, our generation just saw the world in a completely different way to predecessors. Perhaps it's some of that, you know, it's like, I think me and Richard were saying earlier, what was that, what was that Netflix thing we were watching where we said, is it the end of genre? Have all movie genres ended? Was it sex education we were watching? Do you remember, Mm, Richard? Yeah. 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 I got a lot of that here. It's like, this isn't really a genre anymore, is it? It's just, it's just grotesque. Recapping the plot. Yeah. The protagonist of the movie, a, a, a young woman called Danny, has a bit of a shitty boyfriend who's not very attentive uh, and not very emotionally supportive. And a terrible accident happens. Trigger warning. There is quite a bit of suicide talked about in this film. But her sister is clearly unstable Mm -hmm. and messages us at the start of the film some disturbing kind of uh, instant messages. And in fact, the very beginning of the movie is we don't don't realise in in the audience, but you're actually witnessing... A murder suicide her sister perpetrates on herself and her parents. And Danny sort of senses this. She speaks to her boyfriend who minimizes the incident and it transpires obviously that she carried out this this murder uh, suicide and killed her parents. So Danny is left without any family at all. She's obviously in a bit of an emotional state. And we have an Ariaster kind of signature moment, don't we, where she discovers what's happened. On the phone, she lets out this yell, this horrific scream. And the same thing happens in his previous movie, Hereditary. Uh, in fact, when uh, the mum discovers the headless corpse of her daughter in the back of a car. It turns out that Shitty Boyfriend is planning to go to Scandinavia, to Sweden, with one of one of his uh, academic uh, colleagues, they're anthropologists, right? Is that what they're is that what they're studying? Yeah, yeah. I believe it's yeah, cultural anthropology, I think, is what they say. Yeah. They're all postgrads, aren't they, I think? And they're doing doctorates. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're they're looking to do their theses. And one of his friends is from Sweden, from a commune that, that he lives in. Uh, obviously he's away at university here. And he wants to invite all of his friends to go to the midsummer festival that they have. It's obviously in high enough latitudes that you get sort of 24 hours of sunlight, don't you? Or, well, I think it was two hours of darkness, they said, didn't they, when they got there. This is a special festival, this one as well, is it? Is it the one... Every 70 years or something, I think. 90, Every 90 I think years, was, yeah. isn't it? They only do this particular one, or he says anyway, they only do this particular one every 90 years so it's a once in a lifetime opportunity i think that's what the the usp of this was isn't it is that it's something special it, you, is can, gonna you can only ever yeah you can only really ever do it once that's a well you really can only do it once <laughs> danny manages to kind of persuade them to let her come along uh, i guess 
her boyfriend Christian was feeling guilty about not supporting her, so he kind of invites her along, and she's got nothing to lose, I guess, so she decides to go with them. I think and, he, I think he was going to dump her. I think he was in the process yeah. of of getting ready to finish with her, but. Um, when the terrible event happens with with her family, um, he just loses. Base- well, he's spineless, isn't he? he, he yeah, he, that's he just, right. I suppose you could say that it's an act of kindness. He he doesn't finish with her. He hasn't even told her he's going on this trip to Sweden because he was he was just going to he was going to finish with her before they went, so he wouldn't have to tell her. But then he finds she finds sorry, Danny finds out that they're going, and she basically sort of says, "Oh right, well I'll come along then." But it's not an act of kindness on Christian's part at all. It's just because he is basically spineless. I believe the the modern TikTok word for is for it is he's being a simp. Is that right? A simp. <laughs> a simp. Simp. Is that with an I or a Y? S I M P. A simp. Ooh. Yeah. Well, a simp is someone who's like a devoted fan. More isn't he? Isn't that the, what the well? Word is? I think it's been just been banned on Twi- uh, on Twitch because I think the modern TikTok usage of it talks is a sexual connotation or a relationship connotation. You know, like a cook, like a yeah. cuckold, but worse oh. kind of thing. I was well, thinking simpleton, but I'm guessing it's well, not. Originally, that. it was simpleton, but it's, it's oh, evolved it? to mean right. something else. I think quite recently, yeah. The big, well, the mega fans are called stands, aren't they? Stands, yeah. Oh, that, that's a bit of an older word, though. I think oh, simp's newer. I mean, so simp uh, is like incel, but worse. Oh well, right. There's a, there's a trinity of insults that have been banned on Twitch at the moment among gamers. First is virgin, then up from that is incel, and then simp is like, you know, you. It gets onto calling your your mama after that kind of thing, you know. So. <laughs> Dear. Right, okay. Well, I think if you looked up simp in a dic- in the Oxford English Dictionary, it would probably say something about you know there was there was a Twitch streamer uh, an OnlyFans star called Belle Delphine. Right. Mm. Have you heard of her? Yeah. And she was she made big news recently because she sold some of her bath water. <laughs> And yeah, so her well the people who buy Belle Delphine's bath bathwater are simps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Belle Delphine's bathwater is a great name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not a simp. I fail to understand the current vernacular, but he's getting there, isn't he? He's kind of a the old very phrase would yeah. be tied to the apron strings, so to speak. So to speak one day. Uh, I think he's just really passive. He, he just mm. doesn't. He's emotionally completely switched off. Yeah. Not engaged in that relationship at all, and Danny's the exact opposite. Of course, she's emotionally absolute full throttle, isn't she? She's a you know doesn't hold back at all. So we're going on a road trip, aren't we? This is partway through the movie. We we start start off to Sweden. Actually, I think it was filmed was it? in Hungary. Yes, it was. Trivia notes. Yes, it was. Standing in for for idyllic Sweden. I wonder why. But I wonder why they didn't film it in Sweden. It's strange. Is Ariasta Swedish? No, I think Ariasta is American. Oh right, okay. Amazing. It seems strange that they wouldn't film it in Sweden. There must be a reason. Maybe, maybe the Swedish didn't like the idea that they might be insulted in some way by this. Or maybe Hungary oh, was cheaper. Oh, well, I'll come to that. <laughs> oh, that's that's yeah. perceptive, I think. Or maybe Hungary was cheaper. That's also true. Probably tax breaks, isn't it? It's yeah. the real answer. <laughs> yeah. Just what? Are there five or six of them yeah. going? There's Pe- Is it Pele? Pele. Pele is the, the Swedish guy yes. who invites them all yeah. from this commune. He's kind of, at least ostensibly, yeah. very nice, mm-hmm. superficially. There's Mark, who is probably the biggest dick of the lot. He's That's Will very... Poulter, yeah? It is Will Poulter. Most of these actors are not American, in fact, are they? Will Poulter's British, I think. Yeah, I think... Apart... Florence Pugh is, is not certainly not American. She's, she's English. She might be British. Yeah. She's from Oxfordshire, I think. 
Yeah. Um, I think they're all all English, apart from the guy playing Pella and the guy playing Josh, who's American. Uh, yeah, Josh is the guy who plays Chitty in The Good Place, isn't he? Ah, okay. Have you seen The Good Place? Yes, yes. There's... I recommend. Paul, why are you holding up three fingers? I'm counting how many people you've mentioned. Oh, right. Nice, yeah. Christian, her boyfriend, of course, who's played by a pound shop Chris Pratt. Yeah. The last one is... Who is the last one? Oh, it's her, isn't it? There's two British people. Uh, yeah, they meet them there, though, don't they? They're not going with, with them. But yeah, there is a British couple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they head off into really well-shot kind of summer mountains, don't they, essentially? The photography in this film is pretty breathtaking. Stunning. Isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It yeah, is really absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, you forget, I think, or I certainly did, that it's that there. It's all in daylight because of the yes. location that they are. There's no nighttime scenes at all in this film, I don't think. I think there's one nighttime scene. Is there one? I couldn't, I couldn't. Oh, there is one scene when someone's asleep, isn't there, I think? But yeah, for, yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah. I must admit, right, when we were coming up to do this, I'd already seen Midsummer. Oh. You know, I have vivid, I've got very vivid memories of it. It burns its, it, the images into your brain. But I did have trepidation about watching it again because it is it's full on this film. Yeah, it takes a turn, <laughs> doesn't it? As we'll come to very shortly. I'm sorry. You, you didn't, I'm it sorry. didn't affect I you wish, in this way. I wish I could have seen this. You know, because <laughs> I mean, after after we watched it, Richard, you, you messaged me or Skype me and said, you know, I thought this is really powerful. You said powerful like a high jumper's legs. And it said, Paul, you know, has this really altered your understanding of modern, modern horror? You know, and I thought, well, well, not really, no. Maybe there's been a generational change, you know, like the nihilism of uh, Bretty Stinellis shocked older people. I, I, I don't know if, if I'm just not getting this because of my age, really. I just thought it was funny. I'm sorry. But anyway, you two carry on because obviously I just didn't get what this movie was trying to bring along to the party. But presently they arrive uh, at... This valley, what is it, Heligoland? Helsingland. Helsingland, yeah. There's a sort of uh, a welcome vestibule valley, isn't there, where apparently all the outsiders are arriving. A process. Yeah. And they, they'll, they'll get, out the, they get out the cars and they'll lie on the this pristine sort of grass hillside and they'll take mushrooms, apparently. They're handing out mushroom tea and giving people mushrooms. They all proceed to have a trip, and of course, Danny has a bad trip because she's obviously suffering severe psychic trauma. She's flipped out still. Yeah. Yeah, from, from the I've got to say, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna sing Florence Pugh's praises here. I think she's a great talent actress. I think she's fantastic. Yes, I've, I've seen her in a she few a things. Job. She's superb, and I think in this, she does a really great job of portraying an anxiety anxiety attacks. She has several in the film. Yeah. And these are like drug amplified anxiety attacks, and I think she does it really well. It looks like you could it's it entirely believable, but she winds up in the bathroom when she's on that bad trip and and in the mirror, she briefly sees an image of her sister with the yes. exhaust uh, the the you know killing herself with the exhaust from the car with the hose on her face. I think can we agree as well referring back to a previous conversation that you chaps had that she that the uh that hose is firmly attached to that poor young woman's mouth by duct tape. <laughs> that would be an appropriate use for it I think. It's silver isn't it and presumably yes. there's there's, yeah. there's no leakage and normally I know you can get it but gaffer tape's usually black isn't it I think. But yeah, she's used right. duct tape. It's quite a horrible image. It's 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 it almost um, it, it's almost H.R. Giger uh, style, isn't it? It's like so the somebody with just a, a machine just 
attached to yeah. their their face. It's it's I very affecting. That is definitely possible trigger warning stuff. That isn't it? In, in, in terms of a transition through the movie, I thought the cinematography really helped because I don't know if you noticed, but she becomes increasingly sexless and more girl-like as the movie progresses. And at the end, you know, as she's she's been crowned the the flower queen, queen. Uh, after that, you know, uh, as she's wa- walking through the crowd, she's she looks. They've shot her to look like you know, like a, like a teenage girl. It's incredible, I mean, really. D- you mean she she becomes less like a young woman and more like more yes, like a girl. more like a girl. Well, there's probably know, something girl, about yeah. the idealization yeah. of of young femininity in that, which. Yeah. I think we're probably leaping ahead here in the story in terms of how the how this or yeah. this group operates. Now I've I've never taken mushrooms or any drugs, so I can't really relate to the feeling that they're having when they're that when they're in this valley. I did love the visual effect that they put on when they're drugged up. There's like this swimming kind of yeah yeah the what yeah wavy the one that I thought was really good was when they were sitting it's it's a bit later on it's when they're sitting at one of the banqueting banquet tables the the food on the 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 centerpiece which is some sort yeah. of I'm not sure it might have been a human body I'm not sure but it was some whatever they're eating I think it was, it's yeah. just sort of twisting and and warping but it's not huge mm. it's not a massive no. and it's almost it's almost out of the corner of your eye that you see it yes. and it it just gives you a slight sense of of being a bit detached and a bit woozy and I thought yeah. that was absolutely spot on I thought it was really really good because you can overdo these when she becomes the may queen yeah. or, or or the flower queen I don't I mean, she's dressed like it. a giant flower flower slug she's a huge slug just covered in flowers but one of the flowers is breathing yes. slowly yeah, yeah. on her forehead yeah and that was really quite nice too yeah once you once they're through it's this valley it's dilated. a bit like the teletubbies valley isn't it when they arrive it, yes it just it, it's just a rolling kind of valley it, it's just it, yeah it, and it's lovely yeah and it's it seems like even though it's all done in a kind of a a, a, a gentle manner it's it seems pretty clear that it's mandatory to take the substances but they do that thing that uh, mark does that thing that people do when they're kind of young and full of it where they they all want to take the thing they all want to make sure that they're all coming up at the same time yeah yes <laughs> it's like planning when you take your e before you go out clubbing and i just thought this guy's got absolutely no idea what's going on here i mean surely any anyone who's an anthropology student if they've seen the wicker man they must be getting <laughs> they've got to be getting red flags at this point surely you know? well this is when yeah. they go to the actual village isn't it and they're welcomed into the village by this really eerie like rising tonal mm. sort of panpipe type things being played which is really effective yeah. again it sets the mood and then all the buildings are weirdly built at strange angles <laughs> i think this as well with with the with the knowledge that everybody is either still high on something psychedelic or at the kind of the the, the afterglow of that all of this well i think all of those things like the, the the sound of that and um the fact that they're all dressed identically it just amplifies that effect completely yeah they're all dressed in white yeah. as well yeah yeah. I mean, apart from the suicide, which isn't horror, that set a, a you know a, a, an emotional baseline. I it's think, it's dramatic, we, certainly. We did, yeah, yeah it's, that's not part of the horror, is it? It's, I, I, don't think it so. I mean, I didn't find that funny. I found I found that quite affecting. But then we're kind of released in you know we're released with them as they as they go to this. This uh, these upper up, these uh, what Boris Johnson calls it the the, the bright uplands of, sunny, of, sunny of Scandinavia. Uplands, yeah. 
This Silver Atlas, thank you. Oh, this and, is, this and is that contrast is. R- <laughs> I <hadn't> realised. <laughs> it is. Well, yeah. I mean, as, as it later transpires, this is what Brexit is going to be like. But you know, and we head up to these summit uplands, and it's fabulous, and and the magic mushrooms, and the clarity, and the Christmas of the cinematography, and as as says, you know, the kind of tinkling, winkling sounds that you know suggest that magic of, of that trip. And and there's no horror happened yet, no. but later, as the horror transpires. You know, the glee, the glee and, and the brightness continues. So typically horror is done in the dark. And what's particular about this movie is it's all done in broad daylight. And coercion and control and how coercion and control, as, as Alice was saying, they're all kind of forced to take acid, but willingly, you know, they're, they're willing servants to demands. It's all hiding in plain sight. And I thought that was, that was the one powerful thing about the movie is it's showing how, how coercion and control can happen in front of your your bare eyes kind of yes. thing. You know, I thought that was interesting. Yes. Obviously, uh, as we're now in a pastoral idyll, you know, with friendly people around them, smiling and giving them food and stuff, obviously something terrible is going to happen very soon. What it is... Yes. ...is something called the Atastoop. Isn't that the, is that the name? Yeah. <laughs> Horrific. And this is the ritual by which mm-hmm. the elderly members of the tribe, we learn, I think, later that... Well, uh, anyone reaching the age of 72 has to euthanize themselves by chucking themselves off a cliff. It's it's not very, it's not much of a euthanasia though, is it? It's it's not particularly happy. <laughs> uh, uh, so the characters are, are dragged kind of well not dragged but invited to come along to this ceremony uh, unknowing they're completely unaware what's going to happen and then they see these two elderly people who they saw a meal earlier in their honor at the top of the cliff, and, and it sort of dawns on them as uh, as they sort of take a step off. It's pretty horrific, but presumably you found this just funny, did you, Paul? <laughs> this is just <laughs> hilarious. I mean, uh, th- there are some apocryphal, th- there is apocryphal and anecdotal evidence that senicide did occur in in, in Viking communities. But not. I don't think it really happened. It, We're not sure, really. It probably didn't. It's apocryphal, yeah. I, I thought it was just, it sounded like pro- typical Christian yeah. propaganda about the pagans, didn't it? Yes, yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so, so I just found it funny because, you know, because the old guy misses the rock that he's supposed to smash his head against and then they just, they batter his head. Uh, sympathetically, you know, uh, <laughs> sympathetic death, hammering. But, well, it's you know. a bloody it's big just... hammer, though, isn't it? I mean, they've got the thing ready. Yeah, yeah. but it is so graphic and grotesque; it becomes funny. You know, did you think that's because it's happening in broad daylight? Is the other it doesn't affect it you the way. Yes, yes. I mean, it, yes, definitely. Again, it's another. It's a scene that it's almost Monty Python esque in some ways, isn't it? And again, if you had different music yeah. on it, it would be like slapstick. <laughs> yeah, if 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 when the the chap jumps because he goes down feet first, doesn't he? And he breaks yeah. his legs. If if they'd yes, done a swanny whistle when he yeah. jumped off, <laughs> you know, if he'd jumped off and he'd gone because <laughs> <laughs> he's failed to kill himself, he's just broken his legs and mashed some of his insides up. So somebody with a huge Harley Quinn style clown hammer. Has to go and go, hey, 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 and you know, hit him like it's at a fairground. One well, of there's three of them. Test aren't there? Three of them have to go. But that's the thing. This is obviously something that's. I think that was part. That was deliberate, because there's a. They've got a massive hammer there ready, 
And there are three of them who mm. presumably have, have been pre-selected to go and do this bashing in. Well, it must happen. It must happen on the reg. I suppose so, yeah. But the, the woman the, the woman who jumped off first, she her aim was good, wasn't it? Because she landed smack. She nailed it. She nailed the landing. first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you notice also that as soon as he starts lying on the ground kind of moaning, all of the assembled people yes. moan in sympathy yes. with him? That's right. That's now, right. this is part a- of... Paul, this is your coercion and control thing yes. coming in. Yeah. And we see that happen a bit again, don't we, later on? Mm. Well, it happens two yes. or three times later. And in, uh, at the end, you know, plot spoiler, but, you know, she, I mean, she gets her release, yeah. doesn't she, our heroine, by becoming one of them and by mocking, laughing at the deaths of other people kind of thing. So I, I don't know what the thesis of this movie is. You know, release comes no. from being cruel or release comes from conformity or... Release comes from embracing your animal side. I, I don't really know if that was to be suggested or to be put I, I in think, counter. I think you are, yeah. Back away uh, from that, but that suggestion. I, just, I think so, but many people back away seem that, to misread yeah, yeah. this movie in the same way. So maybe it's not misreading. But how, how did they misread it? How, what, what's hmm. the, what's the misreading? If you uh, well, watch a lot of reviews, it, yeah. and they'll yeah. say that because let's. Just to fast forward, from this point on, things. this is the turn in the movie, isn't it? And all of the so far under-the-surface sinister things get turned up to the nines. Yes, Paul? Another plot spoiler. There's a crazy guy. It's a bit like Boris Johnson, uh, who kills Will Poulter and then wears his face as a wears the skin of his face as a mask. His genitals are much more impressive than Will Poulter's. Because you think it's Will Poulter, but it's not. It's It's the crazy... Inbred guy Will gets killed be because gentle. he yeah. pees on the, the ancestral tree where they put the ashes of all the dead people, which I thought was a bit crass uh, <laughs> many ways around. I mean, he just watched them put the ashes on the tree, so I don't know why he didn't figure that out. Surely they have toilets in, in the buildings in the village anyway. I don't know why he thought he should go on the tree. Suddenly. There's an awful lot of trees and bushes around, you know, why that one? Again, I yeah. think he just well, he's dead, isn't it? And he's, is he being culturally insensitive? Or well, can I say the same thing happens? The same thing happens here on the Blackpool coast. You know, often I'm walking down the promenade late at night, and I do see people peeing on the form benches that have been, you know, with a plaque that have been put there. The dedication, dedicated to, <laughs> to, to, you know, to people that in the, you know, who sat there in their dying years. So, so I don't but think it's because there's no public toilets left anymore. Paul. True. True, but you could actually just pee on the floor, couldn't you? You know. What I mean? Are you ever tempted so. to go? Oi, that's my granddad's bench. <laughs> I and at that next point, though. they say, "No, it's not. It's my granddad's bench." <laughs> I hated the old bugger. <laughs> was it little T you caught doing that, Paul? No, it wasn't little T. Anyway, can I just say thank you, Team USA? Because I thought it was a Scandinavian movie. It's not, and now I know that I can say thank you, Team USA. You know. Uh, for once, you know, the menacing natives are white people. Well done, Team USA. Incredibly, the weird whitey people are, are not Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns, American style people, but hillbillies from another country. So thanks for taking that on, Team USA. And the British people are both um, British Asian, I believe. They are, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, They are, which I thought was, you know, that's culturally appropriate. But from this point in the movie... All of the visitors to this village are now going to get picked off one at a time, one way or another. It becomes clear at this point that you can't leave, yeah, doesn't it, yeah. I think? That's the thing that is, is quite scary, really, is that you, you can't get out. And the other thing that becomes clear is that they need new genetic material 
to enrich the gene pool mm. in this uh, in this inbred village. So they're pretty keen on getting some genetic material out of Christian. And there's uh, a girl, a young girl, who takes a fancy to him. Paul, you were particularly taken with the tapestry showing showing the instructions for the uh, the love potion, I think. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you to say, you know, uh, I love the creepy friendliness of the villagers. And you just know they're just being... So, when people are being that friendly, you just know nobody is going to escape. But I hope the heroine was going to escape. But I think it becomes clear at the end that she's never going to get out of there, is she? Ever. No one can go. No one can go. No. no. But, I mean, as Richard said, you know, the artwork, the primitive art or the art truve mm-hmm. uh, that they've created on their walls is indicative that either they're mentally aberrant, as we later find out, they're probably mostly inbred, or they have very strange practices, because it, it does seem to be concerned itself with creating magic potions centred around pubic hair. Well, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a pie recipe, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's a pie recipe. Oh, but there's also a drink as well. I don't know if you noticed, when she serves him the pie, the hair pie, with her pubes in it, he also has a cup of juice on his table in front of him. How that could is you not find this to be pinker. comic? I mean, it's just hilarious. I, I laughed. I laughed at that when he when he suddenly is eating his pie and he just goes, "I've, I've got a, I've got a pube in my pie," and I almost expected somebody to go, "Don't say it too loud. Everybody will want one." It's a pube from London, yo. Yeah. Uh, but in order to seduce him, the the young girl with the, the long red hair takes him into the temple. And there's a bunch of other naked women of the village there as well who all kind of urge him on. And, you know, I mean, hats off to him. He did a good job there. I, I don't know why I could have performed under those conditions. Like, what, watching... But he's off his tree on drugs, isn't he? He's absolutely wabbed to the gills. Doesn't always help, does it, though? That's well, no, but I'm, I suspect that they've given they've worked out a really good potion to give him because he's, he, he's walking around. I mean, this bit was, I thought, quite funny, actually. He's walking around looking like um, Chris Pratt, isn't he? Looking... Yes. He, he just walks yes, around looking completely wide-eyed and startled and like, everything's gone really weird and spongy. And then he gets taken <laughs> into this place and prepared. And then there, there's Maya ready ready and waiting for him to uh, to, to join with her. And then there's, a, yeah, all, all of the other older women in the, in the group are stood around egging them on. And one of them even gets down and sings to him whilst he's, whilst he's doing it. Well, there's an Etonian teacher or ex-Etonian teacher in, in hot water at the moment. He got fired. And the pupils are standing up for him. I don't know why. Because uh, he suggested the female of the species, uh, talking about humans, uh, when she uh, has chosen a low-quality male, she will shout out and uh, make herself available to a variety of... She will shout out so other males can hear and, and other males will come and compete. And uh, she will make herself open to as many males as possible. He got fired for these comments. He was talking about an animal, but was saying humans do this too. But, you know... I'm, I was going to say, it sounds like you talk about frogs. But, <laughs> I mean, if this movie's anything to go by, it does corroborate the fact, you know, I think these women simply recognise that, that they're mating with inbred people and they just want anything to, anybody to come and do them. I thought he was going to have to do sloppy seconds or, or, or they were going to have to get sloppy seconds wrong. I thought he was going to do every one of them kind of thing. But it transpires they're just there to sing along and support the young lady that's chosen him. But then they've got this sacred book that gives them their kind of spiritual basis and their instructions <clears throat> about about how to do things. And it's and it's basically written in crayon by the <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> by the offspring of an, an inbreeding. Ex- but they're experiment. really open about it, aren't they? They say they, yes. they say, oh, the the person who does this is our, like our kind of oracle sort of thing, our yes. our special person, and they are always the product of selected. Inbreeding. Mm. Yes, yeah. So, yes. 
so they have partial inbreeding with cousins and then they kind of collect those up and so they, they're kind of building up a level of inbreeding in the community and then obviously fireworks happen and they get wonderfully inbred idiot savant you know and they they yeah. worship this idiocy as, as being close to like god or, yeah. or or the devil or whoever whoever they worship and and that's their line that's their phone line to god and so yeah he just scribbles you yeah. so i was reminded here of two people greta grimberg or whatever her surname is and boris johnson dunberg okay mm-hmm. You think they're the products of inbreeding? No, no. <laughs> I mean, no, it's although, true. Although Boris does look a bit like Kenny the Liger. No. You know Kenny the Liger? Wurzel Gummidge with his classics head on is the, the best description. <laughs> so Kenny the Liger is a, is a tiger lion, but he turned yeah. out a bit wrong. Yeah. And Boris does... Uh, you mean a lion tiger, surely. Yeah, but Boris does have Otherwise a... Otherwise it would be a tigon. Boris does have a little bit of, of him. But the thing is, you know, Boris just used to scribble in the Daily Telegraph, didn't he? <laughs> and now he's our oracle, you see. You see, I think there are parallels there, but I don't think it was intentional. But also, you know, Greta, no reflection on Greta and her abilities. However, she is a 15-year-old girl. No, no, this comparison she, won't She's a 15-year-old girl and she kind of runs Davos, you know. So there is, I mean, there's there's a similarity there, but no reflection on her mental faculties, which I think are perfectly, perfectly normal and ordinary and, and capable. She was 15. I think she's older now. Yeah, she's older now. But, I mean, so yeah, so... How does that work? So, so yeah. So the thing is, they breed people very, very selectively, and then and and take the most inbred people and put them together, and hopefully get a, a firework of an idiot. Now, while the shagging is going on, Danny is outside dancing around the maypole, which made a sense of a lot of school time maypole things ceremonies to me. I'd often wondered what the hell I've that was all about. I've always found maypoles to be dreadfully sinister. Scandalous. I've never. <laughs> But they're well known for being they're linked to some to sort of fertility rituals. Yeah, and fertility, like that, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, master of what drinking coffee, watching from the upstairs window. Mm. Yes, yeah. Is there, is have I remembered that right? Is there a maypole scene in the Wicker Man? There is. Yeah. It's, it struck me that this was a lot more interesting than Strictly Come Dancing. Basically, she has to dance until all the other people have fallen down from exhaustion. Yeah, and then she's crowned the May Queen. The May Queen. Although I guess they'd set it up so that she ended up. Well, some of them just fall over, don't they? Some of them, yeah. and some of them run into each other deliberately as well. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah, she was always going to be the May Queen, and that's when they crown her with the special May Queen crown and put her in a dress full of flowers, and then she gets the honor at the end there of deciding who is going to be sacrificed along with the eight other people in the sacrificial pyramid stage at the bottom of the. Garden. It's not going to be Will Poulton because, of course, the idiot savant has already, He's already has already dead. murdered him and taken his taken his his skin. skin. Well, you know when they first arrive in the village and they all sit down, the British couple, I think, they ask Pele, "What are those kids playing?" And he says, "Oh, they're playing Skin the Fool." Oh. And of course. That's foreshadowing what happens to Will Poulter later. So he's the fool. And they they use his skin in the fool's outfit, don't they? When they make a little straw doll out of his face, yeah, and put him in the uh, thing. You're talking about Wickerman, which I, Wickerman, which I think is based in, in in movie terms geographically. It's supposed to be in the Shetlands, is that right? Scotland, it's Scotland somewhere. Scotland it's somewhere. Island somewhere. So somewhere uh, you know, I, they call it. I, I, I looked up nativist Scandinavian rituals as a result of this. Uh, I found two. Other, I did two rather interesting things. Skeckling is a fertility. Uh, right, that is carried on this day in Shetland and I think also 
the Orkneys. I'm not entirely sure. And it's very similar Tell to this. Tell us more. Yeah. Uh, oh. they, it's not flowers they dress the lady up in, but they dress her up in straw. In straw. Uh-huh. And in the Faroe Islands, they do exactly the same ritual, which is a May Day kind of, a May Day fertility ritual, but they dress her up in seaweed. Yeah. But pretty much the whole fertility rite and the May- maypole dancing and kind of, uh, going around the community, which, and knocking on doors and doing various rituals. It does. It, it is actually based on a traditional, to this day, extant kind of festival that has a Scandinavian origin. Of course, Shetland Islands, obviously Faroe Islands, are pretty much a Scandinavian population originally. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, having had a shag, is now being sewn into the carcass of a bear. He's been paralysed. Don't forget that. He's been, he's, he's been drugged, he's been so he's paralysed. We'd seen the bear earlier on, hadn't we? They kept it in a cage, and I love the way they lampshade it. I think one of the, I think the English guy again goes, uh, "No one's going to mention. He's not going <laughs> to mention the fact that there's a bear in a oh, cage yeah. over yeah. here." Christian yeah. ends up sewed into its carcass, and Danny has the opportunity now of choosing whether she's going to choose Christian or one of the villagers to be the sacrifice, the ninth sacrifice mm. in the burning pyramid. She's going to be burnt at the climax of the movie. She doesn't know it's the climax of the movie. So, of course, she thinks briefly and then chooses Christian to be sacrificed. And the end of the movie, we see her emotional. I think she weeps at first, but then a smile comes over as she watches the barn burning with her. extraordinary. I think watching her face. And joins in the community mocking. You know, as Alistair was saying, this, this exuberant kind of copying of other people's pain yes. throwing it back at them. She joins in all that. She's free, presumably. Well, uh, Are you still finding the movie funny at this point, Paul? I think that was supposed to be poignant, that moment, you know, where you see, ah, there's been a change. She's free, but she's, yeah. she's obviously crazy, you know, and maybe freedom comes in on madness, but I mean, she's not, I mean, she's, I mean, she's completely derailed at this point, isn't she? We have to assume she's lost all, all sense of reality. Yes. Well, that's it. See, a lot of reviews... But she's free! A lot of reviews seem to be going, look, you know, this this girl is, she's lost her family, she doesn't have a supportive boyfriend, she goes to this place, and in the end she finds a new family. Mm. So they, a, a lot of reviews seem to say that it's kind of a ha- happy movie. But as you rightly point out, Paul, it's not happy, she's not free, she's trapped, there's no way she can leave, like all of the other guys who they pretend to take to the station or whatever. They can't let anybody leave, because they've seen them kill people and just be fucking batshit crazy. So she's stuck there. She's going to die or bear some children and then die or whatever. Yeah. It's a cult, right? It's a cult that's brainwashed her. Yeah. And, and what's more, basically, this is a white ethno-state fascist state that yes. culture, you know, that she's, she's in. That's what, so it's expressing this idea, isn't it, of the cult-like behaviour and the way... And it works on the audience too because you go along with Danny to an extent, even if you realise... It's not quite right. I think you do kind of go with her at the end. Although you're so, not well, happy for You'd understand that, that you smiling. might make the same decisions as her, yeah. Yeah. yeah yes, exactly. exactly. So you, oh, yeah, You've exactly. been indoctrinated into the cult the same way she yeah. has. You've responded to the warmth of the village and their strange ways, but nonetheless, they are 
acting as a family, as a community. A bit earlier on, there's a bit, I can't remember exactly what what triggers it, but there's a bit where she's absolutely distraught in their cabin and all of the other women of the group... Oh, she's seen Christian Christian having sex with Maya, that's right. And she really, really loses... That's when she realises that she's lost Christian, despite the fact that the poor poor lad's absolutely ripped to the gills on, on... on whatever he's taken it's not you know he doesn't really know what he's doing but that's the point he doesn't ever really know what he's doing i think and i think that's, that's right. when she realizes that he's completely lost to her and that's it he's gone yeah she she's utterly that's when she completely breaks down isn't it and then yeah. what happens is all of the other young women in the group who have been w- accompanying her around in that funny little cart they all get down on the ground with her as she's wailing and they copy her exactly and it's almost yes. like they're singing in unison isn't it yeah. so whilst there's yeah. the other the older women are, are singing to Christian and Maya as they as they copulate you've got all of the the young women in the group have taken Danny under their wing. They they're helping her through her her agony, aren't they? Really. So I think that was that re- that's the cult thing coming in, isn't it? It's like it's like the group saying we understand and feel your pain, and it will it will basically your pain will merge with our pain, and then we will all be together in the same pain. And now. I was going to say though, did you not when when Danny smiles at the end when that I thought it was wonderful when she looks she looks deeply traumatized I think whilst that building's burning and you can hear the two guys who've been given USAP that's supposed to presumably kill them they burn alive yes yeah I suppose Christian does as well but he's paralyzed inside the bear. Uh, so he can't scream. But the other two, like you can hear them screaming. <laughs> what an amazing sentence. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but. Danny's face is one of absolutely frozen, deep trauma. And then yeah. she, it slowly softens. It's wonderful acting, I think, from Florence Pugh. Her face just softens. And then a really beatific smile appears. Did you not feel a sense of relief and release? And, oh, good, at least she's happy at last. Because I did. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. But that's, that's when you're saying, well, as you quite rightly say, the audience has been brainwashed too. I, yeah. I completely agree, because I did. I, I felt that, yeah. Oh, I agree, yeah. I'm not sure it's about white ethnostate. Well, Christian. look, I mean, the, all, of the, it, all of the non-white... It, it, it could be about any It could be about any kind of culture, really. It could be about Glastonbury, you know, the way we, we join that crowd, high, you know, high, on, high off our heads, and, and we become something maybe we aren't. But, I mean, this is called out. Is it the transformation? This is called out. I mean, apart it's from the fact that they're all white and they're all dressed in white. Conformity, when, when they when when they yeah, go true, to true, that true. valley, but no no no, you know, listen, when you're listen. at Glastonbury, you're all in the same. When they go to that on, valley, you know, I mean, when they go to that valley, there's a banner across the road that they drive under, and it's it's yeah. a political banner. It's saying something about immigration in uh, Sweden or something. I think it's subtitled, isn't it? Ah, uh, okay. Well, of course, there was that guy who who, who shot everybody on dead yeah. on an island, wasn't that's there? right? Whoops. Was he from Sweden or Norway? Um, yeah. He shot all the young socialists, didn't he? About 80 of them or 90 of them. So there are echoes of that. But no, I, I didn't get a specific... Although now you pointed out that there are there are some pointers in the, in the movie. But I just got the more, a more general, you know, society uh, and how we, com- how we sure. conform to groups in society is dangerous. But at the same time, it's very releasing, you know. We can lose ourselves once we take on a group identity. And that's a very freeing feeling. I mean, it, it can be sinister, or it can be for sinister yeah. purposes or non-sinister purposes. But in and of itself, it is a little bit sinister, isn't well, it? You know, it, when we're at a 
when we're at a concert, you know, in front of the stage, what we're doing is a little bit sinister. It, it, I understand Even that, though it's yeah. just pop music. There's a yeah. very odd yeah. feeling about yeah. losing yourself in a crowd in that way. Yes. Like, but it's a classic story, really, isn't it, about preying on the weak to indoctrinate someone into a cult. You know, Danny's at yeah. her lowest ebb yeah. ever. You know, she's lowest the weakest ebb, yeah. she, she could, could possibly be. And Pele, the guy who's so friendly and nice all the time, is really... You know, he's manipulating her throughout the movie. Oh, totally. You know, he's yeah. constantly going behind Christian's back and, you know, saying, you know, how much he thinks of her own, you know, uh, and encouraging her. He, he is he the is, most sinister, but, yeah, I think, by a long way, in a way. He's a salesman. And <laughs> of course, this movie, it plays a very common horror trope, which is to say that all mm. of the victims, there's like this karmic justice going thing going on that you get in horror, isn't there? You know, like in your traditional yeah. horror, it's the young couple, couple, unmarried couple having sex in the car who get beat, you know, attacked by the serial killer and killed. Of course, here, you know, you've you've said we've all said what shits those guys are, and that Mark, you know, we're kind of saying they deserved it, aren't we? Um, that they deserve what they mm. get because they weren't culturally sensitive or. You know, they, they did something wrong. They transgressed. We've all made excuses for them to be killed, which is obviously ridiculous, ultimately. I mean, they were shits, but they don't deserve <laughs> to be skinned and uh, 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 and dismembered. So let's do scores. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think there's an, there's an underlying motif here. You know, death is release. Death of bestiality implies freedom. Freedom from yourself, you know. Uh, and, and that's the ideal side of this movie. And, and there's a counterpoint. There's an undercurrent of the fact that there's so much death and violence underpinning all this. Uh, but I don't think it ever equates to horror in my mind, this movie. Ooh. Well, consequently, Paul, I'm expecting you to be scoring this quite low. Oh. Anyway, so what, what do we want to start scoring on? Which, which Well, I did think that for horror we might be needing a science category, but I found myself needing a science category. And I'll tell you why. And this is quite macabre. But... I'm not sure that you would be able to gas yourself and your parents with car exhausts these days. I mean, if these are modern cars, they have a catalytic converter. No yeah, exactly. There's no CO2. Now, I suppose there might be a lot of... Uh, no CO, rather. There is CO2. So there might be enough carbon dioxide to cause problems. So she might be able to kill herself with Ooh. the tube directly on her mouth and nose. But I don't think you could fill a room up I with think it. we can... I think we can still pretty much live with 15% oxygen or 40%. It's, so it's the carbon yeah. monoxide that's the danger in the old. Yeah. So it ties up get, the hemoglobin. Right, you get so carboxyhemoglobin, which cannot successfully right, yeah. transport oxygen, as opposed to carbaminohemoglobin, which can. Good lord, that's GCSE biology, that's I've just remembered. Yeah. Either those cars in the garage were old, old, old cars, or, uh, yeah, all that was just not right. And, and I certainly don't think you could fill up an entire bedroom without them realising and waking up and, and getting upset. Uh-huh. And also, how, yeah. if you think about it, the cars are down in the garage with the engine running and she winds up in the room, uh, with in her own room, with the tube taped to her mouth and nose. How did she arrange that? That mm. doesn't make any sense. Because she would have... Like, she would have put the hose on the exhaust. She would have done her parents' one, set the car engine running. Maybe it was, you know, she had like a little bong opener. Well, so the car is running, but the exhaust can't come out. And 
She's already strapped it on her on her head, and then she's got a little opener, a bong valve. Like she takes a hit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to trivialise suicide. I don't think you could. I don't think you okay, could do it so, that way. I think it's a bad way of doing it. So, from a science, with all this severage, what, what is I'll your science give it score? A, I'll give it a four, or maybe a three, because I'm not sure I, the blood eagle. Would I'm going to give it a seven. Described it either. No, I, I think the the blood eagle would not work like that. I I, I believe that if. It, Anytime it's ever been described, which is only ever apocryphal, it's a method of execution. Um, it, it kills you. And the idea is that you're left with your lungs out there as a, as a warning to people, you know, don't do yeah. this. And it was usually oh. um, a, a penalty for something like regicide. Well, the only th- science I was thinking about in terms of the film was the fact that there's quite a lot of very, very creative, natural herbal pharmaceuticals. pharmaceuticals yeah and they these people now i don't i don't know how accurate it is but i believe that there's a group of people who live close to nature like they do who are all who all seem actually quite well educated as well they could easily learn how to use plants and herbs to do yeah, the things but, that they do but there's no signs we're not shown are we You'd have to weigh them wouldn't you to get the right dosage true. And the dose of natural products is very iffy anyway yeah True, true, but we don't we don't see, it, but they seem to be effective. There, there, I suppose there's some interesting psychology being used in the film. I don't really, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about a science score, but I think I'll probably give it about f- f- five. I'm gonna go seven. Oh, Paul, that's quite high for science. Yeah, well, I, th- I thought the representation, the psychology, of gravity, the psychology, off the cliff, worked of, quite well. Of the mushroom, it did hit the ground. I thought okay, the, the mushroom trips. The mushroom trips are very well represented. Yeah. I thought, you know. Uh, well, you have seven, experience of that. I presumably no experience of that whatsoever. That's an excellent point, Paul. Can can I can I upgrade mine to a six? Then I'd forgotten about that. Thank <laughs> thank you, Paul. Yeah, the that the the. No, it's an accurate psychological portrayal. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, six. So, so yeah. All right, acting then. I think we know where Alice is going with this. Hi. I'm going high on this. I think especially... Well, I thought everybody was very good, but I think Florence Pugh is just magnificent. So, yeah, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go an eight for acting. Poor. Wow. Uh, well, seven again. You know, Will Poulter, very handsome, so extra point for that. Otherwise, it would be six. <laughs> I uh, Although, the lead heroine, very impressive. So, yeah. No more to say. Seven, I think. Richard... Yeah, it's I it's not only them; it's the supporting cast as well of the villagers who are all very creepy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, eight is a very very good score for that from that point of view. Okay, excellent work. Um, script then. Oh well, can I jump in here? Uh, I looked on it's kind of like uh, ritualist rituals of a pagan nature or or of a folk nature or a. Uh, rural working class nature. And one interesting one is the Tuka Nakui in the Andes, where every year on Christmas Day, all the villagers gather from around the mountains and just batter the crap out of each other. <laughs> and uh, that was really interesting. <laughs> Tuka, the Tukana Nakui, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, all, all scores must be settled, but it reflects, you know, this idea of, you know, Getting rid of your sins and and, and renewal, uh, and it's just amazing. They just beat the crap out of each other. The other one that I went to my family Christmas dinners. <laughs> the other one I went Hold to on. myself was in Japan. It was Naked okay. Man Festival, the Naked Man Festival in either Okayama or Osaka, and it's literally forty thousand men in a Shinto temple beating the crap out of each other to grab one chopstick, and then 
they and their team must carry the chopstick to the temple in the city whilst being having the crap beaten out of them by other naked men. It's like capture the flag. Yeah, capture the flag, but naked and just a huge swarm of people, really violent, you know. And uh, well, sorry, what was scoring here? Script writing, yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think, you know, I think Obviously. the movie. I thought the Holcomb reconstruction of these kind of genuine rituals was actually fairly convincing, and I think the script is built upon the fact that we could believe that this community could exist, although it's not a real community. So I thought that that made it progress, because otherwise the script is just a really terrible horror script. Final score six. I, I believe Ari Aster had originally planned for this film to just be a fairly standard slasher horror film. Ah. Um, I think I think on on his Wikipedia on the Wikipedia page it says that, but then somebody else presented this kind of ritualistic social overlay on it and so he developed it a bit further um i I think it's i think it works so i think the story and the setting Hmm. are are good believable i'm not sure because i think paul uh, saying you know laughing at it there there is an element of the absurd in this there's no doubt about it there it it is far-fetched it's hilarious and there are elements where like i say there's something gruesome but i'd rewind and watch it again going what the Really, you know, and and things like that, like like the massive hammer. Um, so there were there were yeah. yeah there were things where I thought this is this is absurd, but at the same time, it's I think it's it's an absurd situation. It's meant to be evoking an absurd situation. Well, even at the start, uh, yeah. Pe- Pella says he describes it as a kind of theatrical thing, doesn't it? Even mm. he is saying he's introducing mm. again. It's it's for the audience as much as as his friends. He's saying. Uh, he's clever. You know, he's he's clever. He's selling it, it to the anthropologists. It is. He's, he's, it's melodramatic he's really nonsense, uh, but, yeah. And it, it's it, also the fact that they're yeah. all on drugs yeah. all the time when yeah. they're there as well. Because it's in the food and the water and everything, isn't it? They are constantly on drugs. <laughs> it's a good yeah. setting. I think the story is effective. Believable if absurd, but it's believable within the context of absurdity. So I think it's it, it's very good from that. The characters, I think, are all well-drawn. Um, and 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 well yeah. scripted, so that they what they say and do is believable. Um, and the very fact that there are there are multiple interpretations of this film possible and multiple readings of it possible, I think um, is is good. Is a good sign. So I'd give it an eight for script and story. It's it's very difficult. I think this is a difficult film in many ways, uh, and it is different. It's not a normal horror movie, although it does run in some of the same rails and you can see that heritage but I think it is going to be remembered this film despite what Paul might say I think it's going to be considered an important movie we still talk about The Wicker Man and I think in future we'll talk about this film in the same way so and I'm sure people might have laughed at The Wicker Man in many ways right yeah I'll give it a 7 I'm not mocking you I just thought thought it was funny you know that's all there's a good scene when she's on the plane uh, on the flight and she has a, has a panic yes. attack and goes into the, the airplane bathroom. And I just we've thought, all yeah, there, yeah, we've all we've all been there on a transatlantic flight having a panic attack in the bathroom. <laughs> so overall, then, well, Paul, we your done score action, would be oh, oh, special effects, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do special effects action. So yeah, I didn't think it was a, a laughable movie. I just thought it was funny at times, you know. 
but I, 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 don't, I didn't think it was laughable or mockable in, in the sense that it was a bad movie. It just, I just didn't really capture the tone of the movie, I don't think. I just found it funny. But it's, it was still a good movie. I, I can still appreciate the horror of it. Uh, but anyway, onto action and SFX. Uh, yeah, great. This, I think it was the strongest part of the movie, really. It was, it, I mean, it was all very convincing, visually. And the action was good, you visually. know. Visually. When yeah. people turned up in dark doorways, they were, they were pretty scary. So I'm going to give it a nine. I suppose there's something quite difficult to believe yeah. about the choreography of the village, isn't there? I mean, it would take a lot of effort to get, like, a little band together when you want to walk somewhere or to get everyone, you know, in the right place to do yeah. a choreographed thing. You know, daily village life, there must be a lot of hassle. They must have rehearsals for this kind of shit. <laughs> we, we're going to do the people jumping off the cliff rehearsal at 11 tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, the, special effects wise, yeah, particularly the visual the effects around the good, yeah. druggy, trippy stuff. Uh, and did you spot, did anyone no. spot the Easter eggy bit? I'm guessing no, because no one's sprung for it. So when um, when she's lifted up on that little platform and carried yeah. uh, after she's crowned the May Queen, in the background you see like the trees and forests that surround this little valley. There is a strong suggestion of a face in the trees and it looks a bit like the face of a sister with a mask over it and kind of a hose coming down but it's all in the I trees I thought you were going to say it's really, it looks like really... the bear on the Toblerone packet <laughs> again that would be Swiss not Swedish Paul but, you know. oh sorry wrong country so I'll give it a, an 8.5 for the special effects I think I'm going to go quite high as well. I think it, well, the film, the film's evocations of being quite high are brilliant. Um, I, I think it, it that it, it's yeah. it's like I said earlier, it's because it's not overdone, it's not overused, it's not turned up so that it's absurd in that sense. It's it, the the depictions of being in a a drug induced state, a low level but constant drug induced state. I think are very good with the occasional peak. The the visceral effects are also quite convincing. I think. I mean, the, it, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of it's a, it's to give it a technical mm. score if we call it that. Um, oh yes, and actually the action. If, it's a technical the, the actual action mm. as well. I think you know the the movement of people and the way that they they did do various action sequences were really very good. I thought so. Um, I'm going to go eight for uh, for technicalities. Which brings us to final scores. Uh, yes. Mine's a mine's a, a very competent and a recommend at seven point five. So yeah, yeah sorry I'm to disappoint you, Richard. I quite liked uh, it. <laughs> so would you recommend this for family viewing on Christmas Day <laughs> with your socially distanced relatives? I know. Instead of hugging or dancing together, we'll watch, watch Midsummer. Midsummer. <laughs> It is a recommend from me. I think it is an important movie, so I'm going to say eight. I think my if I were to look at my average of my scores, it would probably be a bit lower than this, but I'm going to give it an eight um, over, yeah, overall. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Eight. Yeah, The whole can be greater than the sum of yeah, its parts. Yeah, I would definitely no recommend, but with real caveats, though, I think, uh, because, yeah, there are. Tr- I think there are trigger warnings. And I'm not being, you know, I don't think that's namby-pamby. There's some stuff here that is no, no, potentially no, no, no. Genuinely, genuinely, genuinely disturbing yeah. in this. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. But yeah. I think I, I would, if it, you know, to the right people, I would recommend it, Defo, an eight. Good film. And I think it will be important. I think you're right. Well, that's that over and done with. Uh, we're going to have to do another horror movie, though, aren't we? By the way, Harry, happy Christmas to everyone who's listening along with us at the same time as we're making these. 
Uh, and if not, then, well, I hope I hope lockdown has finished and you've got a vaccine. Listen, it's got it's got to be my turn to decide or to give some choices for movies, right? I think in the spirit that we've been following, I think I'm going to do some horror movies again, and I'll also give choices oh, yeah. rarely for me. So, uh, option one, we watch Ari Aster's previous movie, Hereditary, which I know I think uh, Alice has already seen. Uh, option two, The Conjuring, or option three, Us, Jordan Peele's uh, film, Us. Well, maybe Hereditary would be an interesting one to do. I don't know the other two. Uh, I watched Hereditary off the back of watching this because I thought they make quite an interesting pair, actually. Um, They do make an interesting pair. um, What does Paul think, then, since he hasn't seen any of them? I'm judging by his response. Uh, Or he's disconnected. I mean, he has figuratively disconnected, clearly. Uh, Well... I'm kind of disappointed, really, because oh. I thought we were going to see the Beyond, the original Italian spaghetti horror, but obviously not. Never. I can well, watch Bob, it on you my can own. Suggest I guess. It next week you can suggest. I, it no, next I can actually week. just watch it on my own, can't I? I don't have to. I don't need the support of other people to watch a movie, although I kind of do. Uh, so I'm going to go for not Hereditary. I'm going to go for the Conjuring one. The Conjuring. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What's that? What's that about? What's that about? It's about demon worship, a family of demon worshippers, I think. I think. One thing, Richard, we, we have to change the science subscore to something else, I think. Yeah, what? Jump scares. Fear. Fear factor. I don't know. Okay. A, a, a cult factor. Could you, whether or not you could turn all the lights off and watch it on your own? Okay. Or genuine scare, scare factor is okay. a good one, yeah. actually. I yeah, genuine scare facts. Yeah. We also wouldn't necessarily have sex bots in horror films, would we? But they quite often have. I know that is the biggest problem with switching to horror pool. What? But it... you need to somehow replace the sex bot factor with something. But there often there is often a sex element to horror films, though. Yeah, in horror films, though, usually you get punished for having sex, don't you? You have sex, you're going to die. Very, mor- naked, very moralistic, aren't they? Alone. They are very moralistic. These horror films. Yeah, it's a trope. So, uh, until next time, thank you for listening, and here's the music. We'll see you in the next one. Happy Christmas. In three, two, two, one. one.